In the Park Festival is back in Newcastle, and you could be there watching headliner Rag and Bone Man. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to see Rag and Bone Man on Sunday the 5th of May. He'll be joined by Newcastle-born singer-songwriter and brother to Sam, the hugely talented Liam Fender. To be in with a chance of winning two tickets, just answer the following question. What is the real first name of Rag and Bone Man? Is it Reginald, Rory or Colin? To enter, download the free Durham On Air app for your smartphone or tablet, click on Win, and you could be in Newcastle watching Rag and Bone Man on the 5th of May. Entries close at 11pm on May the 2nd. For full terms and conditions, visit durhamonair.com. Your county, your station. The Durham Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Durham on air. It's the Durham Podcast, the podcast all about Durham. My name is Sam Lupton. And I'm Emma Hignett. How Thank are you. you this week? I'm th- I'm great. I'm very good. I'm suntanned. Oh, where yes. have you been? Let uh, me guess. Wait for a, a new garden. <laughs> no, I've been further away. I've been abroad. I've been on holidays. Yeah, I've been to you a... don't mean to. The weather is absolutely unbelievable. I know, just my luck. I sit in this country for six months. It rains. Yeah, I go away yeah. and we have bright sunshine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly yeah well, that is the way. That is the way. Luckily, yes. where I was also had bright sunshine, so I didn't mind. Super. It was fine. But um, no, it's going to be... We're recording this at the weekend and it's going to be a scorcher this weekend, uh, by all accounts, in various places around the country. Barbecues at the ready. Yeah. Are you, are you, have you got any outside plans for the weekend? Just that barbecue tonight. I, in oh, fact, you're doing the reason a I was The reason I was late was because we I literally had a friend, both the husband and the wife, separately WhatsApping me about tonight. And it was like, aren't you together? Can't just one of you send a message? But anyway, <laughs> barbecue yeah. is planned. Brilliant. Well, that's going to be fabulous. Um, I'm, I am working today, but I've set up my little workstation. I'm working from home. So I've got my little workstation in the garden with a little gazebo and a paddling pool for my feet. <laughs> <laughs> And I've got all my all my paperwork and all my accounts out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like some kind of uh, some kind of emperor, like sat there, sat there doing my work in the it garden. It does sound very bizarre, that very bizarre. It's gonna be lovely. I can't wait. I'm gonna have to put plenty of sun cream on. Uh, so we uh, let's do quiz quest. Quiz Quest. Go on. Um, what go was on. last week's was? Last week's was, clue number one was odd soup. Uh, odd ingredient for soup. Odd ingredient for soup. I spent the week going, well, that could be absolutely anything. Yeah, I suppose it depends on your taste, doesn't it? Um, clue number two was quick, get a dock leaf. Uh, so that's either sing or nettle. Yep. And clue number three, the price of something. So what do you, right. what do you, what do you think? I haven't got a clue. Well, an odd ingredient. I haven't for... spent enough time on it go on so what's clue no- so with clue number two you got it quick get a dock leaf nettle is is right and also nettle soup is is quite an odd soup not a lot of people eat nettle soup okay um the price of something is what something is worth which would take you to nettle worth ne- nettles worth nettles worth very yeah, good there you go so very well good. done to everyone who got nettles worth uh this week's quiz quest is thusly you've only got two clues clue number one part of leg Part of right. leg. Uh, okay. Clue number two, stay away from the edge. Clue number two, okay. stay away from the edge. Probably a bit easier okay. this week. Studio at Durham on Air. 
Facebook.com if you think you know the answer. Uh, Emma Higgins, what's coming up on um, on the podcast? Who have you been chatting to? Oh, I'm talking to Alice from Durham Markets about the regional final of the NMTF uh, Young Trader competition. Brilliant. Lovely. Can't wait. And you? I love it when Alice pops up. Um, <laughs> I'm, um, I am chatting to Jeremy Vine. Oh, my goodness. I me. know. We've got all the stars. I'm totally upstaged. <laughs> No, Alice definitely upstaged his, uh, Jeremy Vine. Um, Jeremy Vine, who you may know from Radio 2. He also presents his own talk show on, I think, Channel 5. Um, and crucially, he is a graduate of Durham University. And he, is, yes. he has funded a bursary uh, for people from different backgrounds to aid them into getting into Durham University if they, uh, if, if they can't get in because of financial reasons. Excellent. So we oh, talk that's really, really good. It is, and it's all going to kick off in the next academic year. So Jeremy has very kindly given us a quarter of an hour, and he's coming on the program. Brilliant. So that's good. well. I'm uh, get, get, carry on yeah. straight away. I'm I will do. Here we go. Let's do the Durham <laughs> podcast. The Durham podcast with Sam Lupton and Emma Hignett. So we talked a few weeks ago about uh, the NMTF Young Traders Market, um, and we're talking about it again because the regional final is coming up, and the good news is, for the first time ever, it is in the heart of Durham City. So let's check in with Alice Wilkes of Durham Markets Company. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with Jasmine from JLH Print about uh, the Young Traders Market, which is a competition which is run nationally, but there are local heats and then regional finals before contestants, traders, qualify for the national final in August. So today I'm talking with Alice Wilkes from Durham Markets um, because Durham Markets is hosting the regional final this year. Am I right? Ah, yes, for the very first time as well. So we're very excited, look at, looking forward to it. So, uh, so yes, it's a bit of a first for us. What What's the date and what form will the market take? It is going to happen on Sunday, the 2nd of July. And basically it is, it's, well, it's a culmination of all the heats really. So we are holding um, the Northeast final. So it should showcase all of the finalists who've been put through through the local northeast legs. So we should um, have a have a market full of everybody everybody's traders from throughout the northeast, um, aged sixteen to thirty years old. Uh, they then get judged um, by a judge, well, a judging panel and the NMTF, um, and the traders that are selected from the 2nd of July, then go forward to the grand final, which is in Stratford-upon-Avon. Okay, so lots of questions. First of all, yeah. there have been more than one heat. There have been several heats in the north. There have so been where, several, yes. Okay, and they've been at, well, one was in Durham. Where else have they been? They've been in Durham, they've been in Stockton, they've been in Darlington and Newcastle, certainly for the northeast. So we we will have traders coming from absolutely all over which is, which is fantastic. And now, it, is there a chance that those people who traded at those markets to compete could uh, come from beyond the northeast, or is it very much that this is where they're based and this is where they trade? It tends to be. I think that the the ones who we've got is or have submitted. Um, they tend to be sort of very close to the areas that they submit okay. to. So you might get someone, say, from North Shields trading in Durham, but I would say that it that it is 
people are from from the northeast who are, are trading here. And will they be brand new traders, experienced traders? A genuine mix, I think, which is one of the really good things about it because you, you've got a mixture. You've got people who um, have never traded at all, have got an idea and are wanting to try it um, and gaining in confidence. You've got people who have just traded online um, and are taking this step to go from online into kind of the face-to-face interaction. And then you've got people who have, have traded for years um, and are very well established. Um, and if it's judged, do the judges kind of go, right, we'll get one that's an arty creative making their own products and we'll do one that's cupcakes and cookies and da-da-da and one that is um, importing or buying in, say, is it like that? Will you have a broad market or is it literally they were really good at what they do, even if they were all bakers? It was very, I have to admit, I don't envy the judges at all because it's really, really difficult. They do have a judging criteria. And I think if there there does tend to be, um, there are sort of general heats. So if people were in kind of arts and crafts and sort of food and things like that. So they, they can sort of go, go i think they do in the in the finals as well kind of subcategorize but within that you've got things like how well people can talk to people whether people turn up on time um you know how well their stalls designed so it's kind of a bit of both so i think um so it, it does it kind of depends on on kind of the product and how you know and how well you interact with people um and things like how your stall is or how your stall is designed so it's kind of a, it's kind of a bit of both and it's going to be in the marketplace in durham on a sunday so it's a market people can come along and shop exactly Come and to come and support. I think you know it's it's young enterprise. So you know the you never it you never know it could be there. You could be buying something from the next the next you know Dragon's Den. Who knows? So kind of supporting your local independence and also getting some really good stuff. And, and it's a competition that has run for many many years. It has. Right. Yes, it has. Um, I mean, we've been running it. Um, certainly for at least the past kind of three three years now um and it's been lovely to kind of see it to see it grow and grow and see lots of different um lots of different ideas um lots of um lots of traders um and hopefully people gaining confidence because we have we've had a really good mixture of people who are have been trading for years have had their own business for years and people who have never ever traded before in their lives and it's been lovely do you have any success stories like started here, you know, started at one of the markets and now da 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 da? Yes, we do. We do. We've had um, we've been we've been very lucky in that we've uh, we've had some people who have traded on our Saturday outdoor um, uh, markets and have gone all the way to the final. People like Jasmine. Yes, um, you spoke to Jasmine. We've also had um, we've had people who have started who've only just sort of initially started trading um i think we had a trader a couple of years ago who started off at the local heat and then won it and then started getting more confidence and started trading uh trading in earnest from there um and and has now gone on to actually has moved away from the part-time job and has actually set up full-time which is which is fantastic and as you know, they can be as young as 16. Is there an element of mum and dad come along and help? 
sometimes parents do come along as support um, to help out on the day, you know, to help set things up and, um, and lots of fetching and carrying. But otherwise, it's all it's all down to them. It's all, it's it's all, all to the down, young person. It's all down to the young person. Yeah. Excellent. Or young people. I mean, it doesn't have or to be a one person yeah. business. Excellent. So date, time, location, tell people when to come and shop. It is. It is Sunday the 2nd of July. Um, times to be confirmed, but I think it's probably about 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, information will be on the Durham Markets website at www.durhammarkets.co.uk forward slash event. Um, please, come up, please come along and support. It should be a wonderful day. Did she give you a date? She did. 2nd of July. Uh, times to be confirmed, but those details will be on Durham Market's website and on social media and probably here as well. The Durham Podcast with Sam Lumpton and Emma Hignett. Durham on air. Durham University is launching a new scholarship scheme to support UK students of black heritage to study English literature, where their financial circumstances may be a barrier to them accessing higher education. The scholarship will be available to one undergraduate per intake who will receive £4,000 annually for a minimum of three years during their time at the university. Jeremy Vine is a UK journalist, broadcaster, and apparently he also has a relatively popular radio programme somewhere, but we wouldn't know anything about that. And Jeremy has donated 120 thousand pounds to make the bursary possible and he joins me over zoom good morning jeremy hi lovely to talk to you thanks so much for coming on durham on air we know you're a very very busy man um so you uh, you graduated from durham with a degree in english literature in 1986 do you remember your time in durham with fond memories oh hugely i mean i think yes it's going back quite a long way the smiths were the key band between 83 and 86 and i think the durham <laughs> durham cathedral had just been finished <laughs> when i was at university <laughs> So, yeah, I, I have incredibly fond memories. And in a way, they've only got fonder over the years. I realised how lucky I was. Do you manage to get back at all? I've been back quite a bit, yeah. At first, I was resistant because the first time you go back after you spent your whole life there for three years, it's, it's a bit traumatic because you suddenly realise everyone's younger than you. Sure. But I've now got children who are older than the students there. So, to be honest, that ship has sailed. And I love to go back and make connections with the new generation of of lecturers and students and see the culture and and all that i love the city and i love the university it's a very different place now i imagine to how it was in in 85 86 but it's it's uh it's a wonderful city and uh, i my work takes me all over the place but i'm always going to champion it um what made you want to attend durham at the time then do you remember what it was about the place or the university in particular that made you kind of go yep this is the place Actually, you know, I just led quite a sheltered life, so I didn't really have any clue as to where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. <laughs> I decided I wanted, I didn't want to take Oxbridge because I was just kind of crossed about going back to school after having done A-levels. So my dad said, well, what about going to Durham because I hear it's good? And when I looked it up, it, it was uh, number three, number four. I think it was It's probably still there, actually. So it's the first university after Oxbridge. I think these days Exeter's very high and Bristol and so on. Durham is still pulling its weight. Mm. So, I, but I knew nothing about the city except that during the eighties, it was absolutely the centre of the whole miners' strike, which was the country was in turmoil. Yeah, which is a real cultural thing for me because I was brought up in Cheam in Surrey. It's a very the word boring is not always negative, but it was a boring suburb of London. It was in London's shadow. Nothing happened there. There are no beautiful buildings. There's just one beautiful building actually. Um, Durham has beautiful buildings all over the place and a different culture and a different accent and different sky and weather and 
a river and the, the whole thing was such an eye-opener it just blew me away and james probably about as far away from the minor strike as you could possibly get <laughs> really in terms of politics you are so it? right yeah. so, so my mum thought that i was going into the center of some sort of battle zone and she just <laughs> said for goodness sake be careful jeremy but for me it was an education because i was i was understanding that you know other lives it, you've got you've got to appreciate it's a big thing about journalism is is realizing that you're you usually find you look at your life and, and you analyze it and you mm. find you're not typical. You're, you're the unusual one. Mm. Absolutely. I, I mean, the thing about Durham is we're, we're either a minor or a ballet dancer. That's what we do. Up there, so. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell us exactly. a little bit about the about the bursary. What, what's, how is it going to work and what, what's the what's the idea behind the bursary? Well, I've got a friend called Joel Donovan who I was a student with and we, you know, we've been mates for years since Durham and he went into law. And he just told me that he, we were just talking and he said he'd done this thing with uh, a, a law bursary and he found it very satisfying, the idea that there may be students in the future who've got the Joel Donovan law bursary and, and actually might not have been able to come to the university without it. And I said, that's brilliant, John. We were just talking about it. And, I, and he said, look, I tell you what, I'll put you in touch with the, the, the woman at Durham University, the, the official who, who helped him put it together. And this is a woman called Claire Malloy, who's absolute hero of the university. And we had lots of conversations about it. And she gave, it, it wasn't really a copy and paste from Joel's, but it was sim- very similar in terms of trying to find students in ethnic minorities who might not otherwise be able to go. So I suppose, this will sound a bit crass, but it's the kind of student I didn't really see in the 80s when I was at Durham. Because when I look back, I'm very conscious that it was a privileged place to be. And I think the students didn't understand in the 80s that we were probably there more through luck than talent. And obviously, the great surge of university thinking in the last 30, 40 years is to try to change that. And I'm fully supportive of that. So I just, that's, that's you know, it's, I'm just hopeful that someone somewhere at some point gets to the university. It might only be one person who couldn't have otherwise gone. And I'll be really chuffed and it will have been worth it. And I suppose for anybody listening to this who who has a slight um, habit of, of being cynical about these things, when you attend a university such as Durham, or even if you just walk around Durham at term time, um, it, it doesn't take a lot of work to work out that there is a disparity about your, your background and, and what gets you into one of the top universities, whether that's Oxford, Cambridge, Durham, um, and you saying that you did notice a disparity in the 80s. I imagine... Uh, through your your talk show on Radio 2 and also through the the TV show that you present, I imagine this topic has come up before. In your experience of talking about this, has the the kind of, has the the playing ground, has it levelled in recent decades? Has it become easier for people from um, uh, black and um, ethnic minority backgrounds to get into those top universities? Or is it still very much the same as it was in the 80s? Is it moving in the right direction? Well, Gosh, I sense you treading carefully with that question. And, and, and I mean, all I can say is that in the 80s, I, I think there were, it was just just really monochrome university. Yeah. And, I, and I, it, was, it was very white and it was very middle class. Essentially, it and was rare it was, to see anybody who didn't have a white face at, at that university. Yeah, yes, that's true. And, but I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's not the only thing. I think it was, I, I went to public school hmm. and I was, um, I, you know, only later in life, you think, my goodness, you think you've achieved stuff on your own volition and then you realize that a lot of it's been handed to you and you it's, it's a key part of understanding your life is to realize how lucky you were and obviously we don't want people getting into Durham because of uh, luck of birth we want them to get in because they're the best students and they're talented and hungry for education and all that and and I think that's where diversity comes in because you, you, you know you know you haven't got the best students if they all look and sound the same if they've all got triple barreled names 
but I'm not, you know, there are a lot, there still will be many posh students. And I, I think this anti-posh thing I don't really like. It's a massive university and it can become diverse without hitting at any one particular group. I just think in the 80s, it, it hadn't woken up to that. It certainly has now. I wouldn't want to judge it now because I, I, I bet that if I talked to one of the leaders of the university, they would have amazing figures on access because um, because this is what that's what this is all about. But I, you know, it's in the end we know how privilege works. We know we know that um, people with money tend to be able to confer privilege onto the next generation, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But to work against it is difficult and yet worth doing. I don't know if you've come across this issue recently, but the, the the big thing that we've been speaking about over the last two academic years, especially with students who listen to the programme, is the issue of accommodation. I mean, we had students at Durham sleeping out on the street on near the student union the night before the accommodation offices and the estate agents opened um, just to make sure that they could get affordable accommodation. It's such a shame that the idea of somebody who's got the grades uh, past their A-levels with, you know, with the grades that they wanted, received an offer from Durham and achieved the qualifications can't come because they can't afford a house or they're, they're having to live six or seven miles away or closer towards Newcastle and they just can't afford to come. So will this bursary be able to go towards that kind of stuff? Will it be able to break down any barrier in terms of financial? How is it going to work with the, the kind of student and the university deciding how that money is spent or are those finer details yet to be kind of put together i i hope it will help with that but i think the problem you described isn't is is a market problem and mm. it's 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 really tricky this when i was at durham you'll laugh but there were six thousand students wow. somebody recently told me there are twenty thousand. i don't i don't it doesn't sound true so i need to check that figure but if that is true that explains everything doesn't it that explains why colleges just can't keep you beyond a single year mm. why as you say there's people sleeping outside estate agents and all that and of course, then the market then forces the, the rents up. And the, yeah, the problem is that the university has expanded, but the accommodation hasn't. Yeah. And I think there's such a big job of work that needs to be done there. I guess the university probably needs to start thinking about building some tower blocks or whatever for students to live in. So they need to do something because yeah, you can't have students stressing about not being able to afford a place to live. And I also think that part of the Durham experience, I actually lived in, so I was in Hatfield for three years because yeah. the default, strangely in the 80s, the default was that unless you did something really proactive, you would simply be in college accommodation the, the, the next year. So it was the other way around. The college didn't have, you know, if they, if they let all the students go, they had no income from people in the rooms. So believe it or not, I've been being just hopelessly indolent. I just let it go. And I ended up in college for three years. Now you'd never be able to do that because the colleges are full to bursting. And I went round with my daughter when she was looking at universities and we went into Castle. And it's true, it's the most beautiful setting. But there were, you know, there were two students per room and they were, you know, some of them had a kind of a, one of those shower curtains giving them some privacy from each other, sort of slung down the middle of the room. And I thought this, this obviously is a big job of work to sort out and I'm not sure how you do it. It's a, it's a massive issue, and we're, we're talking about it constantly. Um, do you have an idea of how the application process for the bursary will sort of be managed? Or, in your mind, the, the criteria of, of the kind of ideal uh, recipient of the bursary, has, has where does that come in? I, I Do you know what? I'm, I'm sort of in the university's hands on that. They have mm. lots of – I talked to Joel about this, my friend who, who yeah. did the law one, and I, and I asked exactly that question, and he said – gave me the same answer i'm giving you which is that the university is is very um tooled up with with working out how you zero in on the students who are the intended targets of the bursary so i'm sure there's all kinds of ways of doing it i, I better not get into that because i will mess it up 
<laughs> no problem at all. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll speak to the university about that one. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so, so much for coming on uh, Durham On Air. It's really, really uh, great. And, and um, when people such as yourself who have got a history with the city uh, come back to, to kind of, you know, we, we always say in this business, if you can climb up the ladder, make sure you're sticking your hand down to help someone and, and, and bring them up. And it's great that you're doing that for Durham University students. And thanks for coming and uh, spending your time on Durham On Air. Thanks, Sam. I love your city. Thanks so much. Eligible applicants will be able to apply for the scholarship for the 2024-2025 academic year, and further details will be available on the Durham University website from this autumn. Durham on air. You're locked in a strange room. Time is against you. You need to get out, and there's only one way to do it. Have you got what it takes to discover the clues, solve the puzzles, and escape before the clock runs out? Then step into Escape Rooms Durham and see if you can unravel the mystery of Mr. Borrowdale's study or steal the formula in the lab heist. Escape Rooms Durham is the perfect challenge for families, friends, colleagues and birthdays. Find out more at escapedurham.co.uk Then come and escape from Escape Rooms Durham on Sadler Street in Durham City Centre. 